This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Lead Without Limits, the podcast that explores how your mind and soul energy, together with your actions and intentions, impact your leadership presence and bring heart and consciousness into your life. Join your host, certified business and life coach, Stefania Rigo, as she brings you stimulating conversations with women who lead in business in their community. And as she gives you the wisdom you need to help shape the future of society and our planet. Now here's your host, Stefania. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. This week in the Transformational Tidbits segment, I'll be talking about the power of saying no. That's coming up later. First up is the Lead Without Limits featured guest interview. Today, my guest is Pamela Denerve. Pamela has been coaching and consulting lawyers in the US, Hong Kong, and Shanghai since 1992. She supports her clients in maximizing and maintaining peak performance. She helps them overcome burnout, anxiety, stress, depression, or addiction. Pamela's video podcast, The Lawyer of the Week, has interviewed attorneys from all over the world, including Ryan Cuban. She's written over 125 articles regarding lawyer well-being and also contributed to HuffPost. Pamela has spoken to bar associations all over the country on the topic of improving generational communication within law firms. Pamela, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you as my guest today. Stefania, thank you so much for having me. I feel very honored to be your guest. Well, thank you. So Pamela, please share your story and how it shaped you into the leader that you are today. Oh, that's a big question, Stefania. You know, I often say that I began over a barbershop and it was, my parents were very young and my, they didn't really have a good handbook for raising children. So there was a lot of abuse. There was a lot of drinking. There were a lot of behaviors that really my life started off very, in a very chaotic way. And I always had a little bright light. And I think that because, you know, they have the saying that hurting people hurt people, that because my parents' marriage was so tumultuous, that they always tried to snuff out my light. Uh, They thought that I thought I was better than anyone else. Uh, They thought that uh, I had high and lofty ideals. And that was pretty much a theme that has followed me throughout life. (laughs) And I always, you know, I I think my sand, there were two things that kept me sane during that period of time. And one was books. If I could read, I could escape. And I also uh, loved my pets. I always had a dog. 
And I, and that was where I felt like I received my love from. And I still have dogs to this day. So, um, you know, my journey is very circuitous because I couldn't have planned my journey. You know, I've had so many uh, different careers. Um, I started off in a south suburb of Illinois, of Chicago, uh, in Chicago, a south suburb of Chicago, and I actually lived in Chicago for a while. Um, I did feel like there was something bigger and better. And um, after being married for 10 years, I, uh, my husband and I divorced, and I had a two-year-old and a five-year-old when we divorced. And when they were seven and 10, I moved my children <clears throat> and myself to California with no relatives and no family. But I felt that the limitations that were in my environment were going to be limitations not only for me, but also for my children. And so I took the risk. I've, I, I would say risk-taking has always been something that I always did. So I, I did have a job. I did have a job in management um, when I moved to California. And I had a vision to have my own business because I had my husband and I had had our own business. And so I did uh, have an opportunity to get my own business. And I was struggled. Uh, my, my, it was two children. And my, my ex-husband, after being married 10 years, never provided a penny for them. And uh, that that period of time, he was self-employed, so they couldn't get the money from him. So I um, looked, and I saw people around me, and they were doing things, especially in California. And I, you know, the thing about it, I live near the beach. One thing when I moved from Chicago, and I still to this day, I just I went to the beach this morning. I decided that when I moved from Chicago, I was always going to live somewhere where I could go to the ocean every morning. And um, I moved close to the ocean in California. And when I saw people there, and it was like the middle of the day, and they were rollerblading and jogging and uh, riding their bikes. And I'm from the Midwest. It's like, when do these people work? You know, what are these people doing in the middle of the day doing all these things? And I soon found out that there was something about working for yourself. There was something like uh, having a flexible schedule. And even though at that period of time, I couldn't do that. I said, one day I will. So I worked in corporate America and I I did eventually get uh, a job um, with uh, uh, Bristol-Myers Squibb, which was a, a medical, which I work from home, and I had a more flexible schedule. And, um, and so it brings me to, I want, I want to get to how I, how I started working with lawyers. And so I, um, you know, I, I, I was in management. I, I worked with the Directors Guild. I worked with movie directors. I... I, I always had a, a dream. I always had a dream for something big. And uh, I thought for a while to become a production assistant. assistant. And uh, I, I didn't do that for the, for the movies, like, you know, to go there and start in. And that's how some people become movie directors. And, but, you know, you have to start off with like $6.50 an hour at that time. And I had children and I had a family and I had a household. So I couldn't do that. 
And so I just felt like, well, one day I'm going to find a way to have the life that I want. And I was, you know, getting a lot of training. Uh, it was, this was during the period of time. There was a lot of, of uh, a lot of work with Warner Earhart and there's a lot of people with uh, um, Fernando Flores and all of that. And I was, I was a plain, unsophisticated, unsophisticated girl from the Midwest. And I drank up all of those teachings and books and things like that to build myself to be uh, eloquent and be able to speak and to be able to communicate. And I didn't know where it was leading me, but I just knew that that's where I belonged. I belonged in that community. And the time eventually came, uh, my daughter and my son, they were up and I had two children, were up and gone. And my son, which was the youngest, he went away to college. And my whole life was identified by being the mother of these two children. And I just hit a bottom like, oh my God, my life is over. And I just got like, wow, you can, you've been taking all this about coaching. You can become a coach. This is back in the, in the early nineties. And uh, you could write a book. And I'd always had a dream to write a book. And I had the resources to do that. And um, this is crazy as it sounds. I went to Hawaii to write my book. <laughs> And um, I, you know, on a hope and a prayer, but I went to uh, this, uh, to this island and I would sit on the beach. I didn't even have a computer and I'd write this book by hand. And when I finished the book, I went to a writer's convention in Santa Barbara and I, I didn't know anything about it. Someone said, oh, you wrote a book. You should go to this writer's convention. So I just met him at the coffee shop. I said, oh, okay. So I go to the coffee, to the, to the, uh, the writer's convention. It was book solid. And I got in line and the woman said, are you registered? And I said, no. She says, pretend like you're registered. And she let me in. And that day I met a New York agent who said, I want to represent you in your book. And that was kind of the beginning of my, my life as a coach. Now it took me many years, years to get the book published and it, you know, this and that, but it was like kind of the magic of life. The magic of life is that you don't really know where you're, you know, you don't have any, clear definitive direction other than you have something in your heart that you want to pursue that something very strong it's so strong in you that you go to bed with it and you wake up with it and you follow it and then you know like doors open or you meet people and um i was up there at santa barbara and i was like wow, I love Santa Barbara. This is so beautiful. And uh, 
And I moved to Santa Barbara. I eventually, I said, well, these are my people. These are the people, These all these authors. Uh, they welcomed me in and I was there and having lunch every week with a Pulitzer Prize winner. And uh, I got my own radio show there in Santa Barbara. I, I mean, the opportunities I had in Santa Barbara were unbelievable. You know what I, uh, what I keep, keeps coming up for me as I'm hearing you talk. One of the leadership qualities uh, I think are just really reflecting in you big time right now with this part of the conversation is uh, there is magic. However, you create your own opportunities, Pamela, by being a risk taker by standing in line at a closed off writing workshop and being willing to see if you can get in. So you're an advocate for yourself, I'm hearing you say, and you're connected not just with your heart and your intuition for your calling and your dreams. You bridge that by taking action. You move from Chicago with two little kids to Santa Barbara. You take action. You have big visions, big dreams. You don't necessarily have a clear path on how to get there. However, when your intuition says it's time to do this, you listen to it, you take action, you do it. And I find um, uh, as a coach, when I coach my own clients and for myself, I'm constantly looking for that space between uh, reflection, um, uh, learning, uh, and uh stepping into action to take those learnings and those dreams and making them happen. Wow, that's a really good way of looking at it. You know, I was just, it was just so intuitive in me that uh, it was just automatic. And it's really interesting because, you know, I had all these opportunities. And I will say that along the way, you know, I stumble, you know, when you take risks, sometimes you go splat. And uh, it splat, you know, I splat uh, with my health. Because I was so when you're young, you feel invincible, you feel like, you know, that it's go, 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 go. And then, you know, like, you just like, you go so much, you, um, your, your head hits the pillow. So I, as I got into uh, my uh, 40s, my body started to hit a wall. My body hit a wall and uh, it was uh, amazing. So I, I wanna just hold that there. So then I have this coaching business that I started in Santa Monica. I had so many, the reason I started working with lawyers is because 60% of my clients were lawyers. Um, they told their colleagues about me that, I mean, they just, uh, it was, it, it, it was so interesting because I just started it. Coaching was very new then. It was in the early nineties. And, but in California, it wasn't like do you have, you know, what's a coach? We're in the other part of the country. It was like, who's your coach? So people, they were going to have a coach. And so I had uh, uh, these, this cli these clients, and then I uh, 
you know, went to Santa Barbara. And so I had this coaching business and I was very, um, you know, I, I had it going on. You know, you want this, you, you, you set this there and you set your intention and you take the actions and you get here and you do that, you know, in a way, in many ways, a little bit arrogant. You know, you know, I came up from nothing, you know, like that. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I wanted to have a radio show when I did. I did, you know, I wanted to move from Chicago to California. And I did, I did move to Santa Barbara. I did have a New York agent. I did have this beautiful office in Santa Monica. I did have more coaching clients than I knew what to do with. So I had all this success until my body gave out. And when my body gave out, um, it was a very interesting situation. And I hit, really, I hit bottom. I hit bottom um, in many ways because what happened was um, I'm in Santa Barbara. My daughter, uh, her marriage fell apart. She had two small children. I'd been there. And I didn't have anybody to help me. So I kind of put my life on hold in California. And I went to Asheville, North Carolina, where my daughter was. I'm going to help her through this difficult time, which was extremely stressful with acrimonious ex-husband and all that, the children. And that's when my health gave out. And I, the doctors made a mistake. And they, I almost died. So I'm not used to that. I mean, and, and, and uh, you know, and I had to, I, I didn't know what to do. You know, I didn't know what to do. And um, I met someone, this is how I get to Florida. I met someone who said, I want to sponsor you. I want to take you to Mayo to get a second opinion. You know, I know I was like real thin. I couldn't eat. I couldn't smell food. Um, the doctors in the small town, they were all covering their, you know, their mistakes. And they wouldn't give me a second opinion. So anyway, I ended up coming to uh, Florida. And uh, the, the truth is I came to Florida. I was here for a while. I ended up getting into a relationship with this guy for a year, but I kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker. Uh, everything happened. I had, you know, uh, uh, I don't, I don't want to go too much detail, but I had, I was so sick. I had something called Graves disease, which Barbara Bush had, which my eyes bulged out of my head. I was cross-eyed. I, I'm not cross-eyed now. If you listen to this, I'm not cross-eyed anymore, but I was cross-eyed and I had all these things with my health. I had asthma. I had all this stuff. And the guy, he was just like, I, I'm leaving the country. I'm leaving you. <laughs> I don't blame him, you know, because I, I, I couldn't get well. So um, I want to tell you that I, I went splat. I didn't know which way to turn. And, but here's how the universe is, is that what I did know is I knew how to work with lawyers. I knew how to work with lawyers. 
And as the universe would have it, this um, gentleman who worked with lawyers says, I will show you how to be a recruiter, a headhunter. Um, in five years, I more than quintupled my salary. I, um, I was able to, you know, get to a six-figure income in a little, in a very short period of time. I um, was here, and I, I never could get back to California, but here I was able to buy myself a beautiful home that I've never had before. Um, I have had, um, like I'm close to Atlanta, so that's primarily where the lawyers I've worked with. And today, you know, I am, um, taking my business, even now, to the next level, which working with AM100 law firms all over the country, which I have a lot of contacts, and I also want to say that I have decided that I'm going to move to Spain. And uh, I've always wanted to live an international lifestyle. So... I don't know what you can make about all that story, but um, I hope that something that I've said is helpful because somehow or another, if we believe that life will work out for us, it does work out for us. Even, even if you get sick, even if you end up in a part of the country you didn't plan on, there's always an opportunity for something beyond what you could have believed. Wow. You know, um, I invited you because I know you and I know uh, how many of the what I consider the most important qualities of the leaders you embody. Resilience, the story of so many times you've had to start over and reinventing yourself. Um, that, uh, takes courage, the risk taking, the lifetime learning, the, uh, following your intuition and creating opportunities. Uh, you, you really embody all of those to me. And, um, uh, I'm really, really, um, honored that you took your time to be here. Um, our audience needs to hear your voice and your story. And I know, because I know you personally, how much richer even your, your entire personal story is. Um, so thank you, Pamela. The uh, two hours with you wouldn't be enough. So we'll just have to have you back. <laughs> so if you were to gift our listeners with one key takeaway that they can implement right away um, into continuing to push themselves outside of their limits, you know, to grow as leaders in business, community, family, what would that be? I think it's the, the it would be to not know that if you could, I invite each audience, everyone in the audience to look at things that you think that you know, and you know, you can write them down on, a, on the left side of the paper and then ask what a question would be about that. You know, like what, like, I know that I, I have to work here or I have to do this or I know I can't do this. 
And then you could ask yourself a creative question that opens the door. Well, what would it be like if I didn't know this and I could create another opportunity for a career? Or, you know, so if you kind of live in those questions, that's what really opens the door. When you know it's a very finite and limited place, but if you can make the habit of living your life, turning what you know into a question and not knowing, there's so much more that's available in life for you. Oh, that is powerful. That is a great, great takeaway. That's a transformational piece. So um, I uh, know our listeners are going to want to know more about you and your business. So tell them what the best way to connect with you is. Okay. Uh, you could reach me by email. And that is Pamela Deneuve, which is my name, which is P, P like Peter, A-M like Mary, E-L-A, Pamela, at Pamela. And then the last name is Deneuve, D like David, E, N like Nancy, E, U, V like Victor, E, Pamela Deneuve. So it's Pamela at PamelaDeneuve.com. You could also search for me at Pamela Deneuve, uh, the same spellings, Pamela, D-E-N-E-U-V, like Victor E, on LinkedIn. You can find me there. And uh, my website is all Pamela Deneuve, PamelaDeneuve.com. Fabulous. I also know that you embody the spirit of generosity and you have a gift you've brought for our audience today. Yes, I have. For the first three that contact me via email or even message me on LinkedIn, uh, you could connect with me on LinkedIn if you put, you know, because they want you to know if you know the email, you have Pamela at PamelaGenev.com so you could message me. Um, but I have a 25-minute certainty call that anyone who wants to take something in their life to ask about a question, to make it into a question, um, I'd be happy to give, spend, gift you with 25 minutes to help you to see in your life where you could create opportunities and questions where it seems to be a period. Ah, fantastic. Well, Pamela, once again, thank you for spending your time here with us today. Uh, we're lucky to have uh, voices like you um, in our community of women. Thank you, Pamela. Thank you so much for having me, Stefania. It was really, really an honor. Hey, y'all. This is Stefania, host of the Lead Without Limits podcast. Thank you for tuning in to today's transformational tidbit. Today, I'm gonna to talk about the power of saying no. Since the pandemic started, we're all living through unprecedented times. I think we can all agree that there's no playbook for what's happening at work, at home, and in our communities. And as I was reflecting on what we're being challenged with, I realized that it's more important than ever to use the power of no. Because we are in uncharted waters and we need to practice the power of subtraction and minimalism as a coping mechanism, we must master this 
This is not just a lofty coachable moment coming from me. It's uh, really a necessity of getting through these times. And while I acknowledge that there may be times throughout the day when you can't say no, I also understand as a busy entrepreneur how important it is to choose what you lean into and what you lean away from. So how do we do that? Well, we have to be intentional about it. We have to evaluate when situations come up throughout the day and we need to ask ourselves, is this something I need to say yes to or say no to? So let's explore the impact of saying no. Saying no gives you more time to focus on your stated goals and priorities. So an example, say no to reading email first thing in the morning. Get something done on your list. Then check email. Saying no allows you to keep your commitment. Saying no allows you to choose between what is urgent and what is important. Saying no gives you an opportunity to be authentic and true to yourself and others that rely on you. Saying no to something that comes up unexpectedly can be a generous act. For example, you can say no to something unexpected to keep a commitment to spend more time with your family. I have to say that saying no has to be done with kindness and a spirit of generosity. How can we do this? Well, an example might be if somebody calls you up and asks you for a favor or to serve on something that you do not have time for, you can say no now, but offer to serve and support them uh, or participate at another time or with another level of commitment in the future. Saying no sometimes keeps us out of ego. How? Well, sometimes you may say yes to something you really don't want to do or cannot do just because you want to please that other person. So let me challenge you with a simple call to action. What can you say no to today? How can you use the power of subtraction to focus what is most important and on commitments already made to yourself and others? Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lead Without Limits. Each week, we bring you stimulating conversations with women who lead in business and their community. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Lead Without Limits, go to EWNPodcastNetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. Until next time, remember that as leaders, we have the power to shape the future of society and our planet. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here today to lead without limits in your own life. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. 
My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve one million dollars in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.